0: Hey, today we actually have a real live realization of, I don't know, I started the podcast with like, you can't really measure happiness, that's impossible. And I kind of ended it with a way to measure it. And for me, anything that I'm working on, um, I do work with teams, I do work with individual people on how to set yourself up to effectively move in a direction, right? Because so many of us just kind of spin. Um, so today I kind of challenged myself with like, you can't really measure happiness. So how do you gauge if you're going the right direction? And even in that kind of figured out a way to live measure happiness and to start setting yourself up for success if that really is your goal, it's super important that we know that we're making headway. And the only way that we can do that is to position it in a way that is measurable. So that we can see what progress you're making, um, what steps you're taking back and why, right? Just even so that you can prove to yourself, even, even if you have a month where you spin completely out of control, by and large, usually you're still making really good progress. And so it's a great way for you to not continue spinning because you've already seen how much progress you've made. And one low month doesn't have to throw you all the way back to the beginning. So important that we're measuring, important that we have a steady baseline and we start to look at how we can impact that. Um, And every time that I'm working with a team, usually the problem isn't that everybody sucks and it's terrible. Usually the problem is that a lot of us just don't have specific direction, specific ways of measuring if we've made an impact or not. Um, Whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. Um, But we can definitely put a lot more intention and focus around the things that we want to accomplish and making sure that we know if we've accomplished them or not. Right? So it really happened right here. I started the podcast believing that you couldn't measure happiness and planning on telling you about how I can really only measure happiness in people's response to me. And even that's hard to like really quantify. And I ended the episode with like, but If you were going to measure happiness and that really was your goal, this may be how you do it. So it really just happened. Here we all are. (laughs) Let's go. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine. Feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough. That I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms, for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny and now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that i could have never expected starting this a year ago starting to just show up and ask questions and if you want to start all the way back in season one you can start there If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep Growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. And we're so grateful that you're here. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast, where we awkwardly sing things in different orders. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. There's so much creative freedom in this world that allows people like me to just do their own show, find their own audience, create whatever they want to create. I don't know why the world is like that, but here we all are. Uh, (laughs) So let's go ahead and start with our greatness grounding. Um, Yesterday... Although there was a lot of anxiety. Trust. Um, Yesterday, I finally engaged with the world. I was supposed to have two meetings yesterday, which was like, holy moly. Really, people? Really? All at once? Hmm. Um, (laughs) But I was like mentally preparing. Uh, One of my meetings ended up getting canceled just because of the craziness of the world. The other one tried to get canceled and I went ahead and moved it to virtual. And, you know, my great thing was one, just showing up. It was hard. It's probably not going to stop being hard as the world starts to open back up and That's not happening today. So if you heard this on this podcast, listen, the world is not opening back up right now, but it will be someday, soon, um, hopefully. And so as the world starts to open back up, as we start to go back and interact and like move back into this world, it's going to be kind of tough. And so yesterday I was kind of faced with some of that toughness. And, you know, really, it felt amazing. After it was all done, after it was all said and done, I felt great about it. Not great about my performance, not great about how the meeting went. Just great to be doing something again, right? With people, like real humans, and (laughs) to kind of overcome that fear of interacting again, because I've been and given myself the gift of not uh, for a while now. So that's really my great thing, just interacting again, forcing myself past that comfort zone of Just avoidance, really. And not avoidance because it was like, oh, I'm so scared. Really avoidance because I didn't know enough about myself and how I wanted to interact with the world to feel comfortable or safe interacting with it. Again, you know, there was a lot of fear behind this thought that I would cycle back into that old person. Not that she doesn't belong anywhere, right? But like that we'd go back to this place that we really were trying to avoid. And so this was the first step, the first step of many, the first step in starting to reactivate, re-engage in the world as it sits in normal instances where you aren't just talking to a blind audience, Right. Blind, not blind, blind in the fact that I can't see you. I don't know how you're reacting to this. I don't, I don't know, you know, really, if you like it, if it's helping you, if it's isn't helping you, how it's serving you, I can only keep going period and hope that someday this will be a guide for someone. And I won't know, I won't know today if it helps guide one person or 10 years down the road, it helps guide 10 people like that's not really for me to decide that happens on its own, all on its own, right? So (laughs) my job really is just to keep showing up and keep producing based on what I'm experiencing based on what I'm researching in order to recover from the death of my own dream. And I'm super excited because I'm starting to dive further into that and start to look at ways to put some research behind that. How, you know, my death of a dream experience was so crazy. I really thought it was one glaring thing and it ended up being so much more, so much deeper than just that one thing. And it happened so many times and it could be attributed to so many different things, you know, but slowly, I think over time, as we start to sustain the different blows that come along with us living this dream life, we just start to believe that it wasn't meant for us. And I don't think that that's true. So I would love to do more research all day long on that idea. I've always been obsessed with this idea. Always. Even before I started doing this work. Um, even even when I was just in college. Like, How do some people chase their dreams and some people don't? What's the difference, right? And so in my mind, I always just kind of thought, well, people with money do, right? People with opportunity, people with connections, they do. But I don't even know that they do, right? So I wanna do more, dive into that further. Um, And I'm starting to look at ways of doing that. But really, my great thing was just taking the first step back into the world. It felt amazing. It it felt really scary. I got a little bit nervous for about two seconds. And then I was just like, no, it's okay. Just go back. Right? Just take that first step. Do it. It'll be worth it. Move. 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 So... That's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Really take like five seconds out of your day, 10 seconds. If you go real crazy and you have an awesome one, it it might take a minute, but like make sure that you're either verbalizing your great thing, writing it down, just acknowledging yourself for things that you can own. Period. Like, what are you doing? This is the culture of this show. I am always going to be building your existence and your greatness into who you are into your everyday, so that we aren't like living in between moments of our life where there's greatness every single day is great everything about you is great and i want you to be able to own that effectively efficiently and in boss ways that lead to you changing the world right that work it's happening you're changing the world, you're doing big things, you're doing great things every single day that you show up and continue to work on yourself. So let's go. Uh, Today's episode, really, I think I titled it like you can't measure happy. And for me, you know, I've lived in this world where everything that we're trying to accomplish really has to be measurable. And how do you measure happiness? You know, I talked yesterday about how really the most important thing was just that I wasn't in such a miserable place. So for me, one of the results really looks like being happy. I don't know how you measure that. I tend to measure happiness based on people's reactions to me. Right. So my husband and I, and I was talking about this with a friend yesterday. Um, my husband and I had a conversation not too long ago that was like, okay, are we going to keep doing this? Hannah, are you going to keep chasing this? Or like, are we going to give up at some point? Because is it going to happen? Like, what is the threshold? What is the measure? What is the given moment? And we didn't quite decide (laughs) what that moment was, but what we did decide on was my husband commenting and validating that I am in a much, much different place mentally. And he said, whatever you're doing, whatever's causing this happiness, causing this vibe, causing this energy, this positive, warm, beautiful energy, we don't want to lose. And so if that means figuring out how to make this work, if that means tightening stuff up, if that means, you know, increasing the sacrifice for you to keep moving in this direction, by all means necessary, right? And so happiness to me isn't Measurable in a traditional sense where there probably isn't a stat. There isn't really a way for me sitting here to measure like my wavelength of my brain. Is it in a happier state? There isn't probably the only measure for me. And maybe some of you aren't like this, but for me, it's like out of a month, I have low days. I'm guessing we all do. Hopefully I'm not alone in that. But like, there's just, there's low days. Mine usually is hormonally linked. Everybody's is a little bit different. But for me, there's probably about, I, there's a couple days out of the month that are low. Now, in previous instances, in previous lives, and so this is where the shift comes in. This is what my husband is talking about. Those low days what are now days and maybe this is how we measure it. This is all coming to you live. This is me coming up with this right now. This is real-time content production. Welcome. Um maybe if happiness isn't measurable, maybe we can measure it in the low days. And I've heard this from people who listen to this or take in some forms of my content. It's like it's not as bad as it used to be. So for me I used to spin out of control for two to three weeks where I'm angry at my husband, where I'm like angry at all situations where I'm just like blowing and yelling and angry and calling people and like disruptive and intentionally disruptive and just moving as fast as I possibly can, trying to get through the lowness of this, but also feeling a lot of energy and passion in those low instances. Um, And that used to last two to three weeks of just like constant fire, anger, intention around angriness and like spinning, spinning out of control. And then I would regain control. And then there would just be these super effective weeks in between. And it would be like one to two weeks, depending on how long we spun. And then I would spin out again right? Where we were just like super intentional and in control and like owning stuff and accomplishing and moving and duh, 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 superstar. Like I'm in, in this moment, I'm doing something about what I've been angry about. I'm moving. I'm effective. I own it. Right. And that would be amazing. Those weeks would be so amazing, so awe-inspiring. I'd see how capable, how possible everything is. And then I would start to spin again. And so maybe happiness isn't about being happy all the time, right? But maybe we can measure happiness in the amount of days that we aren't spending in sadness. And this is going to come in ebb and flows, right? There are going to be times where you just have nothing but sadness. But maybe we measure happiness in like the overall number of days that we are happy right? Of days that we aren't spinning out of control. For me, this movement, not just the leaving of my job, this movement of focusing on me, of me chasing things that light me up, of me trying to build something for myself, that movement has caused a significant decrease in low days for me. Like, where low days used to span anywhere from two to three weeks. Now they're spanning two to three days, right? And they're not spinning me so far out of control that it takes me a week and a half to regain control only to lose it again because we are impacted by another low. Now there are more weeks of control discipline and movement and we're not moving out of anger we're moving out of passion we're moving out of like insight and drive and beauty and just ownership right and so you know really I think happiness is measured and maybe it's not measured in the traditional sense Whereas, like you can put a specific statistic, and I help <laughs> teams and companies and people um, rebuild kind of what they're going after, find ways to make measurable movements. And so it's really important that we we put a number to it, right? And for me, happiness is such an end game driver because of the miserable place that I was in. But as an optimist, right, I couldn't let anybody see that. So really from the outside, anybody who didn't have real close contact with me just saw funny, snarky, happy Hannah. And anybody who did have close contact with me could feel the constant energy shift of anger could feel the constant energy shift of just like pure hatred for the world and my situation right and like i would try to mask it but there would be days where i would just be so blindly angry and passionate and misdirected in where i take that energy that It would just spin me completely out of control. And so, right, while happiness maybe isn't directly measurable, it is a feeling, it is an energy, it is a vibe, no question, right? And you can tell, I can tell, certainly, who who has that energy and who's faking it for sure. And happiness is what we're all going after, right? No question. We all just want to be happy. That's literally what we say. And since it's so hard to measure, I think that that's a really tough thing to put out there. Because what happiness looks like to you is drastically different from what it looks like to someone else. But I want you to start having those conversations about what happiness does look like to you. What are the things that you're doing? Because maybe that takes us into a place where it is measurable. You know, for me, happiness was going to look like me building my own business, according to me, according to what I wanted, according to my family's needs, because the world by and large isn't set up in this new construct in which we're living our lives. Right. And so, how do we keep moving in this direction of happiness? even though it's unmeasurable? Why is that the end goal for everyone? Everyone just wants to get to that place where they're just happy. And it seems like you'd finally be happy when you just let go of everything. And I can tell you that it's the complete opposite, right? (laughs) Trust me. Okay. Letting go of everything is not the answer, although it is a part of the solution because so many of our identities, because so much of our unhappiness and, you know, really misguidance, misdirection is tied to this idea, this complete disgust with whoever it is that we're showing up with. Um, But, right? It's a necessary evil. We have to keep showing up that way. We have to keep moving in that direction. We don't have a choice. And so a lot of us just put happiness kind of up on the shelf or we leave it to just weekends or vacations or we're waiting. We're all just waiting to get happy, right? Or retirement or when I leave this job or when I have the kid or when I'm finally in the relationship. But I want us to put happiness back on the table right now. Now, do not think that happiness comes directly from just letting everything go. um, Because as I just stated, it definitely doesn't. There is a very, very low place that comes from letting go of everything. Because essentially, that's what your identity is tied to. That's who you are, right? Even if it doesn't make you happy. But once we let that go, there's a lot of depression that comes from dropping the things that you identify with. Because it essentially means that you don't exist in the world anymore exist in the world that you've been used to existing in, exist in a world that you're comfortable in, it means that you're going to have to kind of re you're going to have to completely rebuild your identity and the lows that come along with that. There probably isn't a great way to measure it, but I can tell you it takes a while. Anytime that you're messing with your identity, that you have to recreate yourself, that you have to start working on who you want to be in this world, how you want to show up, what you even want to identify with. There are going to be market lows with that. No question. And so happiness, as we start to rebuild what that looks like, as we start to search out to find our own happiness, really, it can just come from you starting to describe happiness like this happiness looks like fill in the blank. What does happiness look like to you? Not what does it mean? Not what does it feel like? What does it look like to you? You know, when I think about what is going to make me happy, so much of that is my kids. So much of that is time with them so much of it revolves around my family and our beings and like traditions and the warmth of my house and friends and family. And yeah, that's everybody, right? Like we all want to be on vacation. Not true. Okay. Some of us, yes, absolutely. But like at the end of the day, we all have this sense of purpose. And so just giving up everything to only live in the seemingly happy moments doesn't work either right because you're always going to have this like bigger call for your life um so what what are we moving towards what do we want what makes us happy right and then how do how do we start living that out and for me maybe the measure if you're really honed in on happiness Because I was when I first started my journey. Like I just don't want to be so angry all the time. For me, the measure would have looked like really calculating, marking in my calendar, low days out of the month. And I like to just take spans of time, windows of time, because it's a great way to measure and quickly start to get compelling statistics so start measuring it if happiness is your aim let's start measuring it in months of time okay that's going to start telling you first off how angry you are (laughs) for me it really would have looked like probably three weeks of anger marks and it can be really simple if you have a calendar just mark a red in the corner of your calendar, right? To to go ahead and show this was an angry day for me, right? This was a low day. Measure it in anger or lowness, whatever non-happiness looks or sounds like to you. That's how I want you to measure it, okay? And so over that month, maybe you start to key in that it's totally hormonal. Maybe you start to key in that it's related to days that you're at work. Maybe it's related to Days that you're overworked, right? If you've worked three, like 12s in a row, maybe on that third day, you always have a low day. Probably just exhaustion, right? So let's start paying attention to that. If we could measure happiness, maybe it looks like this, right? Maybe it looks like breaking it down into measurable amounts of time. And I've been trying to track my own low days, So that I start to pay attention to either what's triggering it or is there like there are going to be just off days where you're just off and you're just low and there's no correlation. But like, what are the things that happen on those days, on those months? And so at the end of the month, start to think about what you were going through. Start to track what that looks like, because while happiness is hard to measure put a number on maybe we can right and so as we start to work to heal that as we start to work and move in a direction of happiness with an intent to be happy to increase our happiness maybe if we start to measure it and actually look at it and start to move forward in that pursuit we start to see less and less low days But we aren't going to see if it's working if we don't actually start to measure it. And that goes with anything, right? Like, we can't just throw out there that we want to, um, (laughs) I don't know, fill in the freaking blank. That we want to spend less money. Okay, cool. What's less? Because I can tell you right now, if I throw out a goal like that or a result like that to my husband, my husband's version of spending less money is going to be way less than mine. Right? No question. Every day, all day long, my version of spending less money probably looks like, let's spend $10 $10 less. My husband's is like, let's spend... A $1,000 less. And so that leaves for a huge disruption in our pursuit of that. It also is going to leave a bunch of anger and discontentment and misunderstanding. And so no matter what you're doing, right, we need to make sure that we are focused on the mark If we don't even have a baseline, because we haven't been measuring happiness, because before today and me coming on this episode, I wasn't even sure that you could. Um, (laughs) Since we don't have a baseline of what that looks like, important to start establishing our baseline. So maybe two weeks out of the month, right? Or 10 days or whatever, we are super sad and drug out and low and unhappy right? And that's what December looks like. 10 days. And January, it got worse, right? We're at 15. And then in February, we're like, you know what, we don't want to be sad. But we know that 10 and 15 are our measure. And so let's start moving forward. Let's start figuring out what can we do? Can we meditate? Can we yoga? Can we move our body? Can we maybe work a little bit less can we make sure that we're sleeping consistently what does that look like and start trying things out right but always keep measuring in a consistent form so that can look as easy as like ticking happy days or ticking angry days low days and just starting to pay attention to those trends you're not going to you're not going to end happiness over night and happiness, start happiness overnight. But if you continue to consistently move and track a direction towards anything, it really is about making sure that you're finding realistic ways to measure it and establishing yourself a baseline. So maybe we can measure happiness. I don't know. I think maybe we can. I think maybe we just figured out how to measure it. Um, But more than anything, any result that you're trying to get, I want you to be specific. And just saying that I want to lose weight is not specific enough. Just saying that you want to spend less money is not specific enough. I need you to put something specific. So like maybe you only want to have four low days a month. Okay. That's specific. That's realistic. As long as you know what you're starting from. Okay. As always, you're smart. You're strong. You're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, want to check out more on the death of a dream and on me, your host. Uh, You can head over to HannahNuss.com. That's where you'll find everything. Everything that there is to know about me, the work that I do, and about where the death of a dream comes from. We have blog posts there. You can sign up for the newsletter, which is basically just a guide on how you navigate through the things that we talk about every week. So head over there. You can also find all of my beautiful guests over on my Instagram. We have YouTube. We have the book. We got all the things. If you want to connect, you have questions, you need more help than we've given you on the podcast, go ahead and head over there. I'd love to connect with you.